What's going on, guys? Zach here with the Zach Shanky Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I was thinking a lot um, this week about, um, you know, honestly, about ego. And I think this is actually, I don't know, it's an interesting thought, uh, an interesting thought process surrounding the term ego and what it means and perspective. Um, you know, perspective is in and of itself a very fascinating topic to me because you could have two people in the exact same situation and their their viewpoint on it is extraordinarily different. And I find that to be refreshing. I find that to be really powerful. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, that that basically means you're in complete control of every situation, even if you're quote unquote not right. You might not control what happens the factual events of a scenario, but you can absolutely control how you choose to perceive it. Isn't that interesting? It's just, it's just, I love that kind of stuff. I think it's, it's almost a little bit mind bending. Well, ego is no different. Ego is also a form of perspective. And it's also one of those things that's extremely hard to truly identify okay now the reason this is coming up this week is because of some some business potential collaborations um and the potential collaborations we have going on right now remind me of past potential collaborations that fell through that did not work out which of course gets me to think about future potential collaborations as well and whether or not those would work out and what is it and why is it that they're not working out? And it used to be a very simple it used to be a very simple explanation. The explanation was was pretty much like we didn't want to work with people who have um an ego so big that it's almost like a form of entitlement. We're not fans of working with entitled people. And I get that. I get that. Um, by the way, if you're new to this podcast, um, oftentimes <laughs> you, you guys, I'm hoping that you benefit from this podcast, of course. Um, but the, <laughs> the real selfish reason I do this podcast is because I am able to benefit because when I, when I speak out loud to you guys, it helps me to organize those thoughts into a concept, um, so that's what I'm doing today, by the way. And it's not always like that. Sometimes I just have to blab out things I'm learning. Sometimes it's I have to blab out, uh, you know, things I'm learning through current circumstances and experiences. Um, but today it's definitely more of a thought process. Let me let me walk myself with you guys through through these thoughts and navigate them a little bit. So maybe I can I can better position myself in this in these collaboration endeavors uh for now or in the future so talking about ego we're talking about dealing with entitled folks and entitlement is a terrible thing right so here's here's the part that i'm starting to think about is is entitlement isn't that kind of a perspective because okay let's let's think of a great example when when we when we think of entitlement, at least the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about entitlement is I think about like spoiled kids. You know, like they're entitled to certain things. Okay, let's just say, for example, let's say you have a child 
um, and they get a cell phone at what I would consider an early age. Let's just say 12. That's very early, I think, for a cell phone. Um, maybe I'm a little old school. I don't know. And then let's say that uh, they get in trouble, right? They, they do something wrong, and as a form of the, the punishment, you decide, you know what? You have to go without the phone for a week. So when I think of an entitled person, it would be that 12-year-old that throws a fit about this phone being gone for a week. And so much so that they even say words and phrases like, like, you can't do that to me. Or, um, it's my phone. Or things of that nature, right? Like, that's, those are phrases and, and verbiage and terminology that has to do with being in, entitled. It's almost like they, they have a right to have that cell phone and that it's not a privilege and that they're confusing the difference between between a right and a privilege. Now, what if though, what if it's a matter of perspective? Because isn't it? Isn't that a matter of perspective? Even in that silly example, that's clearly entitlement. Isn't it that the, the child, from their perspective, they see it as legitimately a right because all of their friends, all of their family members, all of every, everything in every part of their life, everyone's got a cell phone, everyone's able to communicate with everyone else. It's how they have their part of their social life. It's how they entertain themselves while on the toilet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, a, it's kind of an all-encompassing thing. And in their perspective, what is life without this device? Right? Especially if they really got used to it and addicted to it, if you will. So from their perspective, are they being entitled? And the answer to that is, well, no. And from their perspective, it is a right. Now, we can get into a lot more serious topics, like what about like government health care, for example? Isn't that a perspective thing? Right? Some people are like, it's a right to have government health care. And other people are like, no, it's not. <laughs> right? Isn't, isn't that kind of the argument? Isn't the argu- if an argument is based on perspective, it's hard to win. You can't win. Because you can't just change someone's perspective in a moment's notice. At least it's very, very challenging. You have to be extraordinarily persuasive for that because oftentimes perspective is derived from internal beliefs and those internal beliefs are derived from like childhood, childhood experiences. And it's hard to de-root those internal beliefs. So, okay. Okay, I'm walking myself through this, guys. I think I'm getting somewhere here. So now let's let's ignore the silly example of of the entitled child, okay? Let me think about entitled customers. Okay, let's let's move on to another example and see if we can see if we can work out this whole ego and entitlement piece because they do go hand in hand. Let's look at like an entitled customer. Let's say that somebody um I'll even use our own stuff as an example. Um we have had these individuals in the past and we have dealt with them in a very professional manner um and so the idea is somebody pays money for a thing and therefore they have a quote-unquote right to dictate the rest of their experience right so it's like for example, so we have a system, right? We have a, a whole system for trading and for supporting traders. And that system, the way it works is we have, when a trader comes in 
and they, they start to trade and they, they practice on play money, right? They're not using real money while they're learning. They're using fake money in order to learn, in order to get the habit and get, get used to the charts and all that kind of good stuff. And while they're doing that, they are instructed to record themselves trading and they can actually send it to us. They click a little button from our community hub and they click a button and in that button there's a form and in that form they can put a link to their recorded video. It's, so, it's a very simple process. Um, and then with that video, now our coaches can go in and that could be me, it could be Janelle. Right now we're the only two doing it. Um, but Janelle basically can go in, watch your trading session and legitimately point out the good and the bad, right? So she can say, that was a great idea for a trade. That was a bad idea for a trade. And here's why. And then she can also say, hey, you missed this opportunity. You could have recovered your account with this one trade, right? Like she can go in there and help you recognize and see these things in the charts that you may be missing because when you're new, you may not see it, right? Now, an entitled customer would be someone that comes in, knows that system, doesn't follow the system and instead demands that we have one-on-one zoom calls going over trading with them. This has literally happened. (laughs) That's not the system. It's not how it works. Right. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, is that an entitlement or is that a perspective? What is the perspective? And so in these situations, what we do is we want to make sure that we're not the ones that are are promising things that we're not actually delivering on. So what we do is we review the sales call. Like literally we've done this. We've reviewed sales calls because we record every sales call. So we'll review that and be like, okay, did we promise unlimited like Zoom calls? Is that what we said? Is there anywhere we can be clearer on our side? And after reviewing, um, that's the facts the factual side, there's no perspective invo- involved with that, then ta-da, we have an outcome. Okay, so that's that's like an entitled slash potentially egotistical customer. Um, hmm, okay, now let's talk about me a little bit because <laughs> we all know I've got, I've got quite the ego. And I want to talk about this a little bit because um, I was thinking about my own ego after going down this little train of thought and how ego is a perspective and, and entitlement can potentially be a perspective. I started thinking about myself because I have said repeatedly on this podcast as well as with other folks that one of my weaknesses in terms of character development is I have quite an egotistical character where I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, pretty, I'm a pretty arrogant kind of guy sometimes, uh, especially when things get competitive. Um, and so... I think about that and I'm like, okay, but is that my perspective? Is that other people's perspective? Is that other people's perspective shoved into my belief system? And I started really, really diving deep. And ultimately, it's a little bit of both. Um, I have been told by many sources that I do have an ego problem. (laughs) Now, one of those sources being my ex-wife, that one shouldn't really count because I have many more problems than that according to that source. (laughs) So that's probably not... The best, the best place to, to get character uh, reflections from. Um, however, I have had, I have had people from that I care about, that I respect, that I love, who have told me 
sometimes I have this ego problem and I see it and I do recognize it. Um, okay, so now that we've determined that, the next thing is, um, where does it come from? Where does this come from? And this is important in the diagnostics phase. Okay, we'll get to the diagnostic here in a minute and the, the whole point behind this whole podcast in a minute. So where does my ego and arrogance come from? So I think back, and I think back to like even grade school. Um, I was a straight A student forever. Um, I don't don't remember ever not getting A's. Um, Just school was just really easy for me. Guys, it's not, I'm not like... I guess I am kind of a genius. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I'm not like I'm not like Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory kind of genius. I'm not like that, right? Um, but I know how to. How, I know how school works. School to me was easy. Understand the concept and don't forget it. Like that's. I mean, and then the test came, and I'm like, yep, I didn't forget this stuff. Boom, done. Right, and I had to do the homework, but I would typically do the homework before I even left school that day. I would do the homework the same day while I was in class, so that I wouldn't have to do anything at home. Okay, so this is where my ego started, right? Because my brother struggled in school, my older brother struggled in school, and here I am coming home with straight A's. I thought I was just psh, the best, <laughs> right? I eventually got into music. Um, I did get into some music, and I enjoyed. I enjoyed playing music, and I was really good. Um, I was one of the best, actually, in the Midwest. I was in a jazz band. We got third. We placed third in a jazz competition in the whole Midwest. Um, that's pretty awesome. Um, I then I got really into Boy Scouts, and sure enough, I I achieved the rank of Eagle Scout, which was the highest rank in Boy Scouts before Boy Scouts became not Boy Scouts. Um, Back when it was cool. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, what else did I do? I joined the military. Um, I had a perfect score in my 9mm um, shooting drills. Perfect score in shotgun as well. And almost perfect score with an M16 rifle. Um, so that's fun. Um, so I was really good at shooting. Um, I was also fit at that time. <laughs> not even close to that anymore but I was fit I was one of the runners and so I would run and I would always race the other runners now that one I did not always win there was always one guy that tended to beat me every time Um, but still being in the military how many military people do you know that have an attitude of arrogance (laughs) like all of them uh what (laughs) so that's where that comes from okay so that's happening right um I became an engineer without a degree. I started in IT because I was good with computers. That grew into, hey, I can also do some engineering work, turns out, because I can I can Google search some things really fast and learn some concepts pretty quickly. And lo and behold, I got a position as an engineer, and then that became a field engineer, and that became a senior field engineer, which was the highest rank in that particular company. I was one of three in that position, um, in charge of many, 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 many projects throughout the year and throughout every month, and um, coordinating those projects and keeping people on task and all that stuff, which is essentially what I do in business today, <laughs> right? But I mean, how good does it feel to, to have a title of engineer without going to school for four years? I have zero college education, folks. I went to college for two weeks and dropped out because it was 
in my opinion, a complete waste of my time. Is it, all, is it a waste of everyone's time? No, just for me, 100% waste of my time, okay? So I left that, went into IT, got it, became an engineer without a degree. Um, I served a mission for two years in Mexico. I did really, really well there. I advanced up the, the missionary ranks as well. Um, with that, I became an entrepreneur eventually. As an entrepreneur, I have built multiple six-figure businesses, um, all with struggles. Um, and I became a, a professional trader as well. So I guess my, my thing here, guys, is if, if knowing the background of somebody can help you understand the level of entitlement or ego that they may have. Because isn't that now a perspective? So now, all of a sudden, if somebody says, Hey, Zach, can I please meet with you? And I say, No, but you can go meet with Janelle. She can help you first. That might come off as arrogant and egotistical, like, No, I'm too good to meet with you. But in reality, I look at it as, That's why I'm paying her. <laughs> right? Because I have, I have other things that she can't do. Right? And, and all my love to Janelle. She's absolutely fantastic. Like, she has taken so much work off my plate, you have no idea. And so that's the whole purpose behind it, right? Because then I can do things that I'm uniquely gifted for while Janelle handles the things that she can handle very well. In fact, sometimes better than I can. Okay? She's fantastic. So, so like, that's just a small example. That's not a big thing. That doesn't happen very often. Um, so now I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about these potential collaborations, right? And the way that these collaborations tend to work in our past, and, and for you that are business owners, come up with this thought, okay? We have for the last couple of years, because we've only been in business as Prosperity Movement for about a year. A year before that, we, were, uh, we, we had started trading, and we were trading with another organization, which was a multi-level marketing organization. It's a network marketing thing where basically you have an upline and a downline, right? And so we were leveraging our marketing and sales skills to get people into that program um, because we felt it was the best program out there at the time until we realized it wasn't and decided to do our own thing. Now that year of, of doing that trading, we were still looking for collaborations. What we had in mind, and by we, I mean, I mean basically our visionary, which is Brian. He's had this vision since the beginning of actually even before trading at all, when we were just a marketing agency, when we were running a marketing agency, Brian has always had this vision of influencing influencers, right? It's this concept of like, well, instead of me going out and trying to find a hundred million people, I can find somebody and interview them, and they have a, an awesome list, and therefore I start to tap into their list of people, right? So they have they have a hundred thousand followers. We can just talk to them, talk to that influencer, and thus influence a percentage of the hundred thousand of their audience, right? It's it's a fantastic concept, and every time we've tried to collaborate with one of these influencers, it always goes to crap. Every single time, and uh, and and it's. You know, it's a, for a variety of reasons, and it's not like there's bad relationships or bad blood. Not at all. It's always a, a clean, hey, you know what? I don't think this is a good fit for either of us. You know, we wish you all the best in health, wealth, and relationships. Like this is that's how we usually 
you know, kind of kind of end the collaboration. And you know what? We tend to keep talking to them over the years. We've, we still are good friends with a lot of these folks um, that we've attempted collaborations with. My point, though, is this. Why doesn't it come to a full fruition? And I think a lot of it is um, our perspective on ego and entitlement maybe bleeding in too much. Right? If we have somebody that went through similar successes or more successes than I've had, right? including some of these folks we've worked with or we've attempted to collaborate with, have hit the million dollar mark in a year. I have not done that in a single year. Right? Like, so, so that, they're at another level. So when they come across to us as maybe a little bit entitled or maybe a little bit of egotistical, isn't, that, isn't there like a, a reason behind that? Isn't it because of the successes that they have had in their past, similar to the successes I just talked about in my own, my own past? Right? Isn't there, there's, there's a reason for it. Now, on the, on the flip side to that, <laughs> if, it, if it turns into disrespect, that's a different story. Now we're talking about a completely different level of entitlement. Okay? And I feel like that there are these distinguishable levels and we have to identify what, where someone's at, what level they're at, and what level we're willing to, let's say, put up with, just for lack of a better phrase, <laughs> right? But, but anyway, okay. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I think I kind of worked through it a little bit. But that's, that's the point. So when you're talking to somebody, if they, have, if they seem to have a little bit of an ego or, or a little bit arrogant, you know, Maybe talk to them about their past and, and see if you can find, you know, that they have, they have a reason. There's a reason that they have that kind of an attitude. And it's usually because they've experienced a lot of successes and they've overcome a ton of failures. Guys, there was a point in time where my family was pooping in a bucket. When I lived in Oklahoma, this was when I first moved down there because our septic tank stopped working. We needed a new septic tank. Actually, we needed, I'm sorry, we needed a new lateral lines, uh, which is basically where all the poo and, and waste goes out of the septic tank into the ground. And those lateral lines needed to be replaced, which is a $15,000 job. I didn't have $15,000. I was a brand new business at the time. <laughs> um, nobody was willing to accept payments. And so for a week and a half, my family, my kids, and at the time, my wife, we were all pooping in a bucket. And I would take that and I would go buried in the backyard. Do you know how, de how demoralizing it is to bury your own family's waste? And do you know how many questions I had about my life decisions at that point? Right? Like, where did I go wrong? Is this really worth it just for the freedom that business owners apparently get that I have not experienced yet because I'm a new business owner? Right? Is is this really worth it? Should I just go back to being an engineer and doing it the easy way? And you know what, what I thought of when I was going through that? I actually thought of the people that I could help as an engineer versus the people I could help as a business leader. And ultimately, what it boiled down to was the amount of impact that I can have in this life, which is a big part of my purpose, what I feel is every one of our purposes. The amount of impact that I can have in this life as a business owner is extraordinarily bigger than I could as an employee. Not that being an employee is a bad thing, okay? 
but I know what I wanted to do, and that is to maximize my potential. And the only way I could maximize my potential is by being a business owner. And at that moment, I had a challenge to overcome, and I had to figure it out, and I did. I had to think outside the box in order to find somebody that was willing to work with me on some payments so that I could have functioning toilets in my house. <laughs> Isn't it nuts? And that's just one example. That wasn't even... I, I would say that, that that's usually my go-to story for kind of my lowest, lowest point in business. Um, but there have been other very low points. And I've had to overcome them, which creates a level of ego. <laughs> right? So just think about that. The next time you, you encounter somebody with a bit of an ego, just remember it is a perspective thing. And from their perspective, they're not being egotistical. They're being confident. And there is a difference. And it's important for us the people on the outside not knowing this person's life. It's important for us to say, to think about the perspective and that, yeah, he kind of comes across egotistical. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe we ought to look into his perspective or her perspective and find out exactly what it is going on in their life, in their mind. Um, so anyway, whew, thanks guys for listening. Thanks for letting me sort through that in my brain. That helps me tremendously for this current collaboration we're working with. I'm really hoping it works out this time. Um, guys, you're awesome. Have a great weekend. Love y'all. Talk to you later.